The series is about hearing from God. And in the last few weeks, we've heard a few things. And it's based on, because I've got my numbers mixed up there, but it's based on Acts 21. And Nigel read it earlier, but I'm going to read it to you again, because half of you weren't here when we started. So basically, um, there's Paul. He's, you know, hot-shotting it here, there, and everywhere across the Mediterranean. Um, He's in a place. He's there for seven days. So they get to um, Syria. They landed at Tyre. And from there, the ship was to unload her cargo. And finding disciples, we stayed there seven days. They told Paul, through the Spirit, not to go up to Jerusalem. When he had come to the end of those days, we departed and went on our way, and they all accompanied us with wives and children till we were out of the city, and we knelt down on the shore and prayed. And when we had taken our leave of one another, we boarded the ship, and they returned home. He goes on, and when we had finished our voyage from Tyre, he all over the jolly Mediterranean, again, this character is a real bunny here. But now this man had four virgin daughters who prophesied. And as we stayed many days with this particular family, a certain prophet named Agabus came down from Judea. When he'd come to us, he took Paul's belt, bound his own hands and feet, and said, Thus says the Holy Spirit, So shall the Jews at Jerusalem bind the man who owns this belt and deliver him into the hands of the Gentiles. Now when they heard these things, both we and those from that place plead with with him not to go to Jerusalem. Then Paul answered, What do you mean by weeping and breaking my heart? For I am ready not only to be bound, but also to die at Jerusalem for the name of the Lord Jesus. So when he would not be persuaded, we ceased, saying, The will of the Lord be done. So quite a challenging passage, um, I think, because Paul twice, he's prophesied to, saying, don't do it, don't go there. And he says, don't break my heart, I'm going. Yeah? And sort of the very clever people um, have, have all sorts of theories. So what I'm going to do today in this preach, and with your permission, we're just going to recap what has been said. And we're not going to do it in quiz-wise, I'm not going to test you. Because these are very important foundational teachings, yeah? Foundational teachings in working with the Holy Spirit. Then we're going to look a little bit about what can we learn from this passage. Why did Paul reject the word of the prophets and go on? Then we're going to do a little bit more teaching about how we deliver prophecy. Because we're hearing how to hear from God, but what do we do with it <laughs> once we've heard? Yeah? And I, that, that often is the most difficult part. It's nice to hear, but what do we do? Looking at that. And then the Lord has laid a passage on my heart um, for us to meditate on at the end in preparation for hearing from God and in preparation of the weekend away. Yeah, because we, we're going away to hear from God. Yeah, you okay with that sort of format? Yeah, bit of a mix-up. 
So what have we learned so far? Started off with the power of scripture, the power of God's word. Um, how it, it changes lives, it changes communities, it reinvigorates, and as the Holy Spirit touches the Word of God, it comes alive. It comes alive and is the foundation for our hearing from God. Yeah, the foundation. We then heard about the unusual things God has done to get our attention. The talking donkey, the writing on the wall, the dreams, the visions. We've heard about these unusual things. And, I, you know, God still does that. <laughs> as unique as each one of us are, that is how unique God speaks to us. He will use things that get our personal attention. Yeah? Okay. Um, yeah, we've heard about the, the ways he speaks to us. We heard about making space to listen. Very important, and I'm going to come a, into that again. Is it in line with Jesus' teaching? So no matter what you're hearing, or whether it's that sort of internal voice, whether you're at a conference, or you're out and about, or you hear this is a new prophetic word, is it in line with what Jesus says in Scripture? Um, Weigh whatever you hear. Yeah? Weigh it. Weigh everything you hear. Um, be a Berean. Question it. <laughs> okay? Does it match what Jesus says? Is this consistent with where God has taken me? Um, weigh it. Wait for confirmation. Um, very important. But again, you can get confirmation in different ways. Um, even on wine bottles that have a certain name on them. Yeah? Confirmation of a word, <laughs> and it's somebody specific here. But it's confirmation, and discuss with others. So these sort of are foundational teachings. They set the, the landscape for hearing from God, and what to do with the sort of hearing. Like I said, some very clever scholars, and I'm not a scholar, I'm not an academic, I don't have a degree in theology, so I read some of this um, quite intensely. You know, what did they say? Why did Paul do this? Um, because he's, you know, he's, um, and they come across with a range of stuff. Um, he, some of them say he was disobedient and stubborn. Others say he was just downright bolshy and arrogant. He thought he knew best, and off he went. Yep, and he was going to do his thing, and he got killed for it. Um, Others say that Paul was totally convinced of his calling and his commission. Totally convinced of it. He was totally confident in the message of salvation through Christ Jesus. And he was totally confident in what God had shown him. So we've got these sort of polar views. Yeah, from being totally arrogant and bolshy and disobedient to totally obedient and totally convinced of God's salvation. Yeah? So the polar views. And I thought that was quite interesting um, as you read the scripture. Because it's not something we hear about often. <laughs> you know, somebody saying, nah, I reject that. And I'm just going to carry on and do what I believe God wants me to do. Even when it leads to death. There's a lot to learn from this passage. And like I say, I'm not a scholar. don't have a degree. But just looking at this, this um, scripture, some of my own experiences in, in this journey of the prophetic started to resound. 
And the first one I see here with Paul is that giving prophecy is framed by or challenges our experience and perception of God and what we know. The word that these prophets had was correct. It was spot on. If you go to Jerusalem, you're going to die. It's going to lead to death. So the word was correct. But the prophets delivered it from their knowledge of the here and now. Their particular village, their particular community, their doctrine, their theology, whatever it might be, their understanding of the word. And they saw it in a context of loss. They were going to lose Paul. They were going to lose this man who'd come, worshipped with them, preached to them. I mean, wherever he went, there were miracles, there were signs, there were riots. (laughs) Everywhere he went, people tried to kill him. They they didn't want to lose him. Yeah? So the word was correct, but they were seeing it and speaking to Paul from their perspective, from their box. And we all have that box, no matter how hard you try. Yeah? We see the world through this prism of our, our reality. Does that make sense? Okay. Um, one thing I, I looked at was, you know, Paul had a spectacular and supernatural salvation and encounter with Christ. And this set the stage for Paul's ministry. Yeah? I would imagine, imagine anything after his beginning, <laughs> the road to Damascus, being struck blind, Ananias coming, Ananias laying hands on him, praying for him, him receiving his sight. And this radical change from murderer to a disciple of Christ Jesus. Yeah? Radical stuff. I'd imagine nothing much could have phased Paul. Nothing much. Because he, his whole experience of Christ was wrapped in that encounter. It was spectacular and it was supernatural. It set the stage for him. And it set his ministry. At that point of salvation, I said this, the father through Ananias reveals Paul's calling, purpose, and future suffering. So at that point, and I'm going to read it to you because um, it really struck me. So Ananias, the Lord, he has this vision God says, I want you to go and speak to this guy who's murdering people like you. I want you to pray for him. (laughs) I want you to lift the scales of his eyes. And the Lord said to Ananias, and this is Acts 9, Go, for he is a chosen vessel of mine to bear my name before the Gentiles, kings and the children of Israel. For I will show him how many things he must suffer for my name's sake. Yeah? So at the get-go, in fact, before the get-go, he's still in the starting block. Yeah? The Lord sends this word. 
You're going to go to the Gentiles. You're going to speak to um, the Hebrews as well, the Jews. And you're going to suffer for my name's sake. And I really had to sit. This was Wednesday night. I was quite overcome with the spirit, with this challenge. Will you go if I gave you that word? <laughs> yeah? Would you go if you, were, if you knew you were going to walk into death and into suffering? Would you go? And I grew up on a lot of teaching about suffering and sacrifice and service. And it's, it's a real challenge to all of us, um, I feel. Are we prepared, like Paul, to carry the cost of salvation? Um, and luckily, and thank God, we live in a society where we don't have to do that. So that initial prophetic direction is also confirmed to Paul again by Jesus, and that's in Acts 23, 11. Um, and it says here, so Paul had been, there was a big uh, plot against him again. He was going to be murdered. Um, but the following night, the Lord stood by him. This is Paul. He says, be of good cheer, Paul, for you... Oh, sorry, for as you have testified for me in Jerusalem, so must you also bear witness in Rome. So the Lord had come alongside him, reconfirmed that word, but said, don't worry about it. I'm going to be with you. And the Lord does that with us. When we've been given a mission, he does come alongside. He puts things there to show, you know what, you're on the right track. You're on the right road. I'm still with you. I'm listening, I'm hearing, I'm with you. I'm not going to let you go there alone. And I was really um, quite encouraged. <laughs> the one really incredible thing, if you look at Paul, um, he constantly acts and responds to prophecy. And, and a lot of his journeys, um, the word of the Lord came, said, go left, go with so-and-so, and Paul did it. Yeah? Next one, we're over here, Paul, the word of the Lord comes, says, go right. Paul says, yes, he acts, he does it, he goes. Yeah? So he responds to prophecy. So it comes back to this point that the word, the word was correct in both these instances. The prophets had seen properly, but it was the way they delivered it, the way they brought it out, that perhaps... Well, it was framed by their view and not this bigger picture. And actually, oh, a word kept coming to me last night for someone here today, and it was God is already in your future. Okay, very strong. God is already in your future. Anyway, I'm just putting it out there. Sorry. Um, some basics. Let's look at process. And this is just a bit of teaching. Again, it's just my experience of it. Um, the what and why of prophecy, the what and why of hearing from God. So we heard that. Those prophets, they heard the word, it was correct, but what do they do with it? And actually, a lot of what we see within a church context, the gift is the Holy Spirit. Yeah. So we receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, 
But as we pray and we intercede and we have the dreams and the visions and things come alive and scripture comes alive and you have that stirring in your spirit, what we receive generally are words of knowledge and words of wisdom. Okay? Words of knowledge, words of wisdom. The delivery starts to come when those two things, and I've put the top one up there, the words of knowledge, generally speaking, okay, are for encouragement, healing, giving direction, discerning of spirits, and forewarning. So we receive this word from God. It sits in our spirits. It could be a word of knowledge for ourselves, or it could be for somebody else. It could be for a group of people, yeah, but it sits in our spirits. Words of wisdom is the other side of it, and this one, I tell you what, I wouldn't be able to survive in my day-to-day job without words of wisdom, Um, and the Lord says, if you want wisdom, ask, and I'll give it to you hundredfold. There's buckets of it in heaven, because he is in our future already. He knows what the outcome will be of any decision, yeah, so words of wisdom, I have found words of wisdom come for learning, for growth, growing in our faith, where we start to see scripture come alive, and you think, oh, I never knew that. I've read that a thousand times over 56 years. I never understood it like that. And suddenly that comes alive, and I understand it. I see words of wisdom for personal correction, where you're with the Lord, you're hearing, and the Lord says, stop doing that. That wasn't nice. Behave yourself, whatever it might be. Or, that was great, well done, my daughter, yeah. And strategy um, for direction. So we say, Lord, let's pray. Which way should we turn, left or right? Yeah. And the Lord says, okay, turn left, (laughs) turn right, whatever it might be. And strategy. I find this very, very interesting, um, and, I, and this is where I see a lot of it in my, my, my job. <laughs> um, Father, I'm, I'm stuck with this problem. Um, how do I get past this? What do I need to do? And the Lord drops pictures in my head, you know, oh yeah, this, that, mm, speak to that one, okay. Or he just keeps quiet, <laughs> and he says, my girl, what do you see? And I start to look, like, what am I looking at? What am I seeing? What am I seeing? And something jumps out. And I thought, oh, that's the door. Booked and off I go. Okay? Um, very, very useful. So at this point, we still haven't got to prophecy. This stuff we've heard, we've listened, it's in our spirits, sitting here. Um, I've grouped them together because, broadly speaking, and this is all scripture, basically, this is a, co- a, a condensed version of a day's seminar conference, okay, where you work through things. That top one, for me, is very much about the church. So words of knowledge, words of wisdom, why do we have these things? Okay, it's for the encouragement of the fellowship of believers. It's about building faith. It's about strengthening our faith. It's about moving in healing. It's about miracles, so that's answer to prayers, miracles, and about confirmation, confirmation of things that are happening in that person's life or something that God has shown them, yeah? So that is for the church. 
for believers. What I've experienced on the streets over, what, 12, 13 years of prophetic evangelism, those sort of words that we got for the street, the pictures, the words, are very much about the revelation of Jesus to that person. No matter how bonkers it may have seemed, it is about the revelation of Jesus. It's about saying to somebody, there is a God in heaven, and right now at this intersection of time, he loves you and he has a word for you. It's about revealing God. It is about deliverance. That as you're praying for somebody or speaking to somebody, you start to pick up a vibe. There's something not quite right here. What is it? Okay, and we've had some incredible stuff. The little old lady, and um, we were praying with her, and word, word of knowledge came that actually she'd nearly drowned as a kid. And we said, well, you know, sorry, this seemed a bit odd, <laughs> but as a child, were you drown, nearly drowned? She said, oh, yes. And I've been terrified of water since then, and I haven't swum since then. She was nearly 90. So it's a word of knowledge. The spirit binding her was fear. Yeah, rightly so. <laughs> yeah. So about three, four years later, she happened to wander past again and just chatting. Oh, remember you? Remember we prayed? I said to her, by the way, any swimming? She said, yes, me and my sister, we went down to the coast and we went to the beach and we swam. Hallelujah. <laughs> okay. So it's for deliverance, these words of knowledge, and almost always for salvation. You know, it's just incredible when you have this word and you say, this is Jesus. Do you want to meet him? And they say, yes. <laughs> okay. Oh, awesome. So that really, <laughs> in a snapshot, is when we speak about hearing from God, most of the time, it is about word of knowledge being dropped into your spirit. It is about a word of wisdom being dropped into your spirit. And this is where we have to then think about what do we do with it? Yeah, what do we do with it? Does it fall into any of those big bubbles? Is it for the edifying and the strengthening of the believers or a believer? Or if it is a person outside who doesn't believe in Jesus, how am I going to communicate the heart of God through this to them? Yeah? Five minutes. Yep, nearly there. Some basics. Write it down. Always write it down. Or if you're an artist, or even not in my case, write it down. Um, when I was, just before I went to India last year, some friends of mine said, oh, I had a picture for you, and it was this, this, and this. And I said, oh, wow. I went digging through my bits of paper, and in 2006, the Lord had already given me that word. Yeah? Hugely encouraging. So as I got off the plane, <laughs> I knew. Yeah, this is what God had called me to do. This is where I was meant to be because I had it written down. We forget we're human. Yeah, we forget. Very important, write it down. Think about for whom and for when. Who is this for, Lord? Is this for me? Do I say it now or do I wait? Or, uh, yeah, you get that one. Um, for me, it has always been the prophetic word, the prophecy, that, that whole sort of thing for me is always has to point to Jesus. 
there always has to point to Jesus. It must draw us into the heart of God. It must draw us in to Jesus, no matter how difficult the word may be. And why I call this thing hatch, match, and dispatch? Because here with Paul, it was about dispatching Paul. <laughs> yeah? And I call it hatch, match, and dispatch because when there are words about um, marrying, hatching new ideas, hooking up, um, matching, is it matchmaking? Yeah? Um, or is it dispatching somebody? I've put this under extreme caution extreme, extreme caution. If it's a hatch, match, or dispatch, always remember we prophesy in part. You don't have the whole picture. And as, you know, when you're moving the prophetic, it's very humbling to know you don't have the whole picture. You prophesy in part. If it contains a judgment and if there's a time frame, so you've had a dream, says five days, you release this thing. I tell you what, you can destroy somebody's faith. It's as simple as that, if that thing does not come to pass within five days. yeah. So please, when it's hatch, match, and dispatch, um, speak to, to Jenny, speak to Nigel, Sam, check, double check, and check again, if you are correct. And remember those initial slides. Is this... Yeah, consistent with scripture, blah, 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 yeah. Um, delivery, very important. It's about the condition of the heart, yeah? Um, I know years ago, um, I'd preached, somebody sort of went to Nigel and said, oh, Bev seemed very angry. And um, actually, I wasn't. <laughs> it's just the way I speak, and I'm passionate about these things. So the, I have learned over time to tone it down to put my sing-song voice on and be nice, <laughs> okay? But I've had to learn that, yeah? Because the tone, the delivery, I can put people off, yeah? I've put here, remember it can be rejected by the recipient. They can say, look, bog off, not interested, yeah? And I, I've had that, <laughs> um, totally. Give it as you see it. And once you've been through the checklist, even if it's a tad weird, and we have. I mean, I think Ruth and I were praying for somebody once, a woman on our knees praying. And suddenly I heard Corin Carpenter's voice in my head singing, you're on top of the world, looking down on creation. And I'm like, Lord, this is serious business. This woman has asked us to pray for her. Father, how can you be so funny right now by putting these songs in my head? But, we <laughs> but I spoke and I said to her, you know, it's a really bit weird. <laughs> but I've had this song in my head suddenly broke down in tears. She'd actually been in a show about the carpenters. The director of the show had just been diagnosed with cancer and somebody else in the show was dying of cancer and um, they had to cancel the show. Who knew? <laughs> this was a random woman walking past. Yeah. So what I'm saying is, See it, it's, even if it's a tad weird. And again, <laughs> I come back to tone because this is where I've been hammered a lot. It doesn't have to be, thus saith the Lord, with a stern face and a slightly American accent. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Relax. <laughs> Relax. Be yourself. Yeah, be yourself. God is hugely creative. He is very funny. But he knows your heart, and he's already in the future. Yeah? 
please, yeah, it doesn't have to be, you know, and, and I'd, I'm really bad. If prophets start shouting at me, I just run away. I'm like, whoa, don't do that, okay? Secret place, it's about the mindset. We know about prayer. Come apart, pray, pray. Get yourself aside, pray. But it becomes a mindset. You know, at work, I go into the loo. Yeah, I say, oh, Lord, I need you right now. Da, 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 da. Or, oh, Father, I'm stressing. <sighs> Holy Spirit, I need your peace. I had an MRI the other day. Guy said to me, you're going to be in the tube 40 minutes. I'm claustrophobic. I said, if I stop praying, just, you know, mind your own business, basically. I lay down. He said to me, stop shuffling. I said, Lord, please, I, I can't shuffle. 40 minutes later, I woke up. Holy Spirit knocked me out, anesthetized, Yeah. Didn't even know that happened. <coughs> it's a mindset. No matter where you are, hop into your secret place. The Arabia time. This is Galatians 1, 15 to 17. Have a look at it. Paul, mega conversion, mega supernatural. He ships out to Arabia. There's no understanding of what he was doing there. doesn't say who he was with, whether he was camping out with Bedouins or you know, camel racing or whatever. We don't know. But he went out there and he allowed God to teach him. And it says in the scripture, I didn't consult flesh. So he didn't go to the disciples. He didn't go to the theology college. He didn't go to whatever. He went to Arabia, the desert, to hear from God, to have his life, his mind, everything changed. And there's times when you have to come apart. Allow God to do his work in you. Right, rushing through now. Ask to hear. We forget. But actually ask. He says, whatever you ask in my name, I will give to you. And he desires to speak to us. You have no idea the conversations you can have through the Holy Spirit with Almighty God. Radical stuff. He will have you laughing. He will have you crying. Last night he had me face down on the floor, weeping at my own sinfulness and my own brokenness. But knowing that he trusted me with his word. Awesome stuff. And prepare to hear. Ask. Ask. The vision I had last night was this burning cross. And as I started to stare at the cross, it started to split open. And as it split open, Christ came through it. And he was radiant and shining. And he was saying, come, come. I want my people. Come into my heart. There is this open heaven that we go through because of the cross. He wants to speak to us. He wants to commune. Ask. Ask. Prepare. And the scripture I had here just for today, and I'm going to leave it on the screen, if I may. Okay. We've decided not to work. And I don't know where it comes from, but it just all the way through the preparation. 
was about sow for your. I love Hosea, by the way. You've got to read it, yeah? Got to read it. Stunning. Soap opera stuff. Sow for yourself righteousness. Reap in mercy. Break up your fellow ground. For it is time to seek the Lord. It is time to seek the Lord. Till he comes and rains righteousness on you. And I'd like us to just, I don't know what that means for us right now. But he just kept saying, put it in. Put it in. As you prepare for Ashburnham, as you prepare for the week ahead, look to your fellow ground. He is waiting. He is waiting to rain down righteousness. That's right relationship with him. He wants to rain down. Dig up that fellow ground. Those little bits of our heart that we haven't let go yet. Those little bits of our heart that are hard. Those little bits of our heart that have suffered disappointment. Those little bits of our heart that have been waiting for that breakthrough. He says, give it to me. It is time to seek him. And let him rain down, rain down on us individually and as a church.